Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. This week, though, I've got my friend Carly of We Talkers here, and the reason I love sharing about her is because sleep and speech can be really solidly linked because if you don't have a good sleep foundation, then your health is really on the line. And what she shares about with developmental milestones, if your speech is not formed from the very beginning, there can be some detriments that we need to help overcome. And so what Carly shares today on our interview is not only how she's a farm girl from Idaho now living in a high rise in Vancouver, she's also sharing how we We need to look out for certain developmental milestones, what she thinks about the pacifier, and so much more. So I think you're going to find this interview so valuable. I cannot wait for you to dig into it. Let's go. Carly, I'm so excited to have you on. And just like we were talking before we got into the actual podcast, like from Instagram, I feel like I already know you and I feel like we would already hang out well together with our kids. So I'm so glad to have you. I feel like this is also much anticipated because I had a lot of people reply to my Instagram post and say like, I can't wait for this episode. (laughs) So yay, I'm so happy that you're here. And I would love for you to share with us where in the world you live, a little bit about your family and who you are. All right. Well, thank you so much, Becca. I'm so excited to talk to you too. Like it's just um, such a treat to kind of get to chat in person. And um, yeah, I feel the same. Like I already know you just through Instagram. So yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. We've lived here for six years now. I'm originally from the States. Um, Idaho, actually. And then we lived in California. My husband's job took us down there and we were there for seven years in Los Angeles. And now we've been here in Vancouver and I really love it here. It's like such a mix of city, yet we're so close to the mountains. So it's like the best of both worlds in my opinion. Yeah. And I have two girls just like you. (laughs) And my girls are three and three months. That is so much fun. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Do they get along well? Um, let's say we're getting there. We're getting there. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I did not expect like the baby's the easy one. You know, I never expect to say that, but she, <laughs> now I'm just like, oh my gosh, just, but yeah, the, yeah. our older daughter is definitely getting used to her sister still. It's kind yeah. of taking some time, but yeah, she's good. I thought it took about eight months for my oldest and youngest to like get along mm-hmm. or like kind of coexist in the same space well. So yeah, I put like, I think like eight months of acclimation is probably. <laughs> okay, Maybe. good to know. That's what that for us. So <laughs> good to know. I know it's so funny. Some days I'm like, I've got this. Yes. Like everything's good. And then the next day, it like all falls apart. So day by day, right? Normal. Yes. Normal yes, feelings. That's motherhood too. Everything's day by day. <laughs> I know. Well, and I love, so it, we'll definitely um, touch on motherhood and what you do, but I am just really excited because I love following. And if you're not following, you've got to follow Carly at We Talkers. So Carly, tell us a little bit about your background in speech. Um, sure. What gets you excited about speech and social media? And like, what are you excited to even share on Instagram and with the world? Okay, sure. So I've been working as a speech language pathologist for 10 years now. And I, I simplified on my Instagram profile to speech therapist because I just feel like it's, it's more approachable and, and things. But yeah, we work, we work um, 
on speech and language um, with kids. So I got started back in college. I was just, in, I was so fascinated. I took a language development course and I was just so fascinated that babies go from like a little tiny infant just kind of cooing to speaking pretty much so adult like at five years old I'm like that's incredible that mm -hmm. that um, process they go through so that's kind of what got me interested and I've always wanted to work with kids um, so so you specialize so I specialize with working with kids from ages birth to five so most of the kids that I see are ages like one years old to five years old and there's really um, it's really varied abilities. So some kids I work with are born with some kind of like developmental disability, or maybe they were born premature and they're needing quite a lot of help with basic communication. Um, so they work with a team of people like a physical therapist, occupational therapist, myself, other professionals. Mm -hmm. And then some kids I work with might just need help saying like a few speech sounds, but they're developing typically in all other areas of, um, of development so yeah. it's a really wide range um, and I started my Instagram account just because I wanted to just share information that I felt could help all parents not just kids with speech and language delays and I wanted to kind of do it in a fun way and Instagram's fun so why not kind of yes put it out there um, I just wanted to give people like little tips of things they can do to kind of tweak um, how they're doing things to increase their child's communication skills and support language development and I found people didn't really realize like a lot of the parents of like five-year-olds didn't really realize the link between language development at such an early age and like school readiness so mm. if you think about it like language is the foundation for all learning even math we talk about how much you know you have to understand those words yeah um so it's really really important for kids to have a strong foundation in in language development and I was kind of I, it made me sad when parents would say like, oh, well, we didn't really know that. And I thought I need to be putting that out there. Somebody needs to be putting this information out there. So, um, yeah, that's what I try to do with my, my Instagram account. I love that. And I think, again, what you're sharing doing just through like, I love the candy cane post of like the strawberry banana, strawberry banana with like the little yogurt dipping sauce. Like you made a candy cane and said this was snow and she pretended to do a little play. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's so much fun. But you know what I appreciated about that? For one, it's like accessible. Like, oh, cool. I've got some fruit. I could cut that out. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, but it's also not like perfectionism, right? Like you can, right. you can weave in elements of teaching your child good communication skills or language skills without feeling like you're in like an into institutionalized setting of like, we're going to have a little learning session right now, like, or school session or feeling like, oh, my child goes to preschool. Um, half a day. Therefore, that's when they get their stuff. So we're just going to come home and like not focus on that. And doing small things like that to weave that in, I think that's just so smart, but so much fun too. Yes. And that that's one thing I wanted to do was just, I thought a lot of parents thought of learning as like, okay, let's quiz them. Like, what's your ABCs? Do you know your shapes? Do you know your colors? And really, it's a lot more than that. It's just about incorporating learning throughout your day into things yeah. you're doing. I love it. So in your opinion, or, you know, if we have listeners and they're wondering, they're beginning to think about like, does my child have a speech issue? What is like the first step in helping your child get maybe um, evaluated or figure out if this is something small or something big? Like, they might have it in their head, but like, what's the next step? Yeah, so I would recommend that 
people speak with their doctor. So just kind of bring it up to your doctor and see what they say. But then at the same time, um, a lot of doctors will say, well, just wait and see. They're young. They may grow out of it. So I feel like the mother's intuition is very strong. Like a lot of mothers kind of know, like there's just something not quite right. So I would say check the developmental milestones. And if you really see your child's not meeting them, then you'd want to contact a speech language pathologist in your area. So the great thing is that um, speech and language therapy for kids ages birth to five in the US and Canada, and I'm sure probably Australia and the UK are um, free for people to, to access. Um, yeah. So I would recommend if you are concerned just to have a, an assessment or an evaluation done. So the speech language pathologist can tell you, is your child on track and create an individualized plan for you if that is needed. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I do recommend not taking the wait and see approach uh, because language development happens very, very quickly. Um, so if you're waiting, you know, six months to a year before going in, if your child's not meeting milestones, then kids their age are already on to the next thing. So milestones are kind of tricky. It's like, I don't want to stress people out too much. But at the same time, you want to be aware, um, just have general knowledge so you can support your child if needed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and, and also, you know, what you do is not just to, you know, work with issues. I, the reason that I love following you is because you're going to share all kinds of different ways to just weave communication into everyday activities like breakfast time or craft time. And so I think that that's such a good lesson that I've picked up from following you is like, oh, this isn't just regulated to like a speech issue. You should go seek help on this. Like we all need to be working on speech things. And as you have baby Lauren in your arms right now, I just love that you incorporate her into what you're doing because like literally it starts from the beginning, just like sleep. Like you can learn sleep stuff from the beginning, but you practice doing these um, sweet songs and communication with her like from the beginning and I think that that is so cool and kind of going into a question that someone had um, when you're speaking with a newborn we all get like that high-pitched like mommy voice or like we say yes. these you know, funny things well I had a number of people ask if that's like okay like should we be talking like kitty cat. And somebody said they call their dog like Doug Doug or things like that. They, you know, say these funny little things. And so I love you sing songs and you do words for her, but what about that cutesy talk? Like, is that something that you think we should avoid speaking like to our children? Well, so the technical term for that, when moms kind of like, you know, vary their intonation and kind of slow things down and, and it's called motherese. And there's been research done on this, which I find so fascinating. And they actually find that it is great for language development because it does like what I'm saying, slowing it down and kind of emphasizing words. So that is totally fine. Your natural kind of like, oh, hi, baby. What are you doing? What do you see? Like, that's all good. I recommend using, um, uh, the appropriate grammar. So sometimes I'll see parents that are like, look, dog run. I wouldn't do that. I would say, oh, the doggy's running. Like we still want to use proper grammar, but it's totally fine and appropriate for moms to kind of slow things down and use that voice and bring attention to words. So okay. hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. And then, if, you know, like the mom that's saying they call their dog that name, if that's what they call them in their, their family, that's totally fine. Um, yeah. Just as much as we can use proper grammar. And so Don't then, stress about that too much, you know? Yeah. So then what about, like, um, I talk about how my youngest, she has always said, like, hold you me. 
and yeah. girl, I can't, I can't correct that. I'm like, yes, hold you me. <laughs> I, <love Yeah>. that. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Like as a mom, I'm just like, Oh, I don't want these cute little things that are kind of, you know, off a little bit to go away. They're just so cute. I'm trying to think of what my daughter says, like just funny stuff that, you know, the grammar's not quite right or something, but that's totally normal for kids that are learning language. Like think how complex it is. And they're just a few years old and they're coming up with all of this. So, yeah. um, the official answer is just, you know, repeat it back with correct um, grammar and not correct them. We don't want to, we always want to keep communication positive, right? We don't want to get into the point or get into a way where we're being like, no, that's not right. We mm -hmm. want to just um, always keep things light and fun. We want our kids to try things. We want our kids to talk to us and yeah. not be like too on them about it. Sometimes I see that and it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just tough. We want to keep things light and fun. Yeah. So I would love to kind of walk through just some different ages. And if you could maybe give us a little insight into some milestones that might be at that, because you've mentioned like developmental milestones a few times. So I'm not going to run through like every age, but yes. I would love to know about like, we'll start at like the three and four month mark. Like when they're kind of starting yes. to become like, they're not sleepy baby anymore. What are right. some things that we should see emerging at like that three and four month mark? So at the three month mark, we want to make sure that our babies are cooing. So those are kind of those vowel sounds like the ah, ooh, e. We want to see them to start, you know, tracking us with their eyes, tuning in when we talk to them. You'll start to see like different types of cries and you'll want to be, you know, noticing those. I'm sure you probably talk about that on your podcast too. Like they have kind of like that sleepy cry or, you know, I'm hungry cry. So you'll start noticing differentiation in, um, in that. And then by around six to nine months, we want to see them start to babble with more um, consonant sounds. So the consonant sounds are when our lips or tongue come together. So like pa pa pa, ma ma ma, ba ba ba. And I'm so glad you asked about language development for specifically babies, because I think a lot of people think of language development as starts when the child says their first word. Mm -hmm. But at the baby talks that I do for parents, I'm always emphasizing that is, you know, it's starting from day one. And even in the womb, research is showing. So mm -hmm. um, that's why talking to our babies right from the beginning is so important. And it's so easy to do, too. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so then the consonant sounds start coming and then as they get closer to one year, you'll notice they're really starting to understand more. So kids are always able to understand more they, than they can say. If you've ever learned like a foreign language, like you'll notice that like you can understand more than you can produce yourself. So your kids, as they get closer to one, they'll start understanding a lot of different words before they can say them. So they'll be understanding when you say mommy, daddy, you know, the dog's name, milk, bye-bye. And then when they get around age one, that's when we want to see that first word appearing. And then, um, you know, slowly increasing by 18 months, we want to see, I'd say like 20 to 50 words. And then by two years old, if your child's not saying 50 words, then we kind of would think of that as a red flag as like, you know what, we should probably get some support around that. Mm -hmm. Most kids at age two can say like 100 to 200 words, I would say. And we kind of go off, I, we, I'm saying words, but there's so many more skills that a speech language pathologist would look at. But these are just kind of some things that you'd want to look out for. So I had um, a couple of people ask about a two-year-old is unable to say their L's okay. very well. So yeah. like having that L sound at a two-year-old, is that something that they should be concerned about? No. So um, 
L is one of what we would call a later developing sound. If you go to my um, Instagram and my story highlights, I have one called speech sounds and there's a chart in there um, that you can take a picture of, but it's showing sounds like L, R, S, the th, like the TH and the SH, like SH and the CH are some of the later ones. So for your two-year-olds, as long as they have sounds at the beginning of the words, the consonant sounds at the beginning of the words, still they're sometimes leaving off the ends, um, then they're probably okay. Two-year-olds, um, for an unfamiliar listener, can only understand about <coughs> half of what they're saying. Hi, Lauren. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's still normal for a two-year-old not to be understood by everybody. We think about it, it's lots of complex movements of the lip, tongue, and jaw. If you just kind of tune into that next time you're speaking, it's like, whoa, like those are all these little tiny fine motor movements that mm -hmm. kids have to learn and practice. So don't yeah. worry too much about the specific sounds. I worry more about, you know, the meaning they're conveying, the meaning they're getting across. Are they understanding things well? Um, we want to make sure of that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I think the biggest question that I received was, please give insight to the pacifier. And I am so excited about this because you know that I say no more pacifier after four months old. And people are very concerned about their child then becoming a thumb sucker. And they're yes. worried about the thumb sucking prohibiting speech. So I would love for you to share about pacifier, thumb sucking, speech. Yes. Okay. So if we think about the pacifier, um, if it's in the mouth all day, our child's not getting a chance to move their lips, tongue, and jaw. This is from the perspective of a speech pathologist. And then you probably have other concerns as a sleep consultant. Um, but yeah, so they're totally fine to use. Just be mindful of, you know, how much that pacifier is, is in your baby's mouth. We want to give the kids a chance to practice these skills. Um, as far as the thumb sucking, they would have to be sucking it a lot, a lot, a lot to move their teeth that would affect their speech. I asked, I mentioned that on my Insta stories and a few speech pathologist um, colleagues of mine said, oh, I have seen that, but this boy had his thumb in his mouth all day. So I wouldn't worry about it too much because kids are busy. They want to use their hands. So if they start sucking their thumb, I doubt it's going to be to the extent that it's going to move their teeth, which is what you'd worry about. I think that that's good. Um, yeah. So pacifiers, I think are great for, you know, soothing your baby while they're young, but if you can, then just try to work on getting rid of it by the time they're toddler, that'd be ideal. Right. Absolutely. If not earlier, if you get my drift. But yes, yes. I might say earlier. I think <laughs> you recommend four months. I do say four months, four but the biggest reason for that is broken sleep throughout the night. And so we talk about getting rid of the pacifier because they have thumbs and they control their thumbs and they can be in control of their fingers, but they can't be in control of a pacifier. So in right. sleep world, it's causing broken sleep throughout the night. And I don't ever have to tell a tired mom that, you know, broken sleep feels bad, right? You're going in there all night long to pop the pacifier back in. That's not really helpful, but are there kids and it probably the same thing for speech. Are there kids who use a pacifier, but sleep 12 hours all night long? Yeah. They're a little bit more rare, but like, yeah, that happens. And mm -hmm. are there kids who suck their thumb and, um, you know, don't have any speech, you know, delays or developments? Um, yes, there's tons of them out there because you're right. Like it is, I, I think about my two and four year old, like if they were thumb suckers, I mean, they wouldn't be able to do any of their activities during the day. Like they're so busy and you're exactly. so right. Like 
they're so busy all day long. Like who has time to suck a thumb when I want to go explore this part of the yard or I want to go do this over here. I want to play with this. And I think that is such a good point to make. Um, and the other thing that I've always heard about thumb sucking um, is that it can become like a coping mechanism for stress or anxiety or things like that. So definitely more to look into that, but I'm so glad you spoke on that for sure. And I'm really excited to point our listeners to your developmental milestones chart. So if you would tell us a little bit about how we can access that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I just did kind of a brief summary of some of those milestones there, Becca, but on my website, which is wetalkers.com. So it's W-E-E um, talkers. And then right in the navigation, you'll see um, milestones. Just click on that. And then you can download the developmental milestones from birth through five. And even if you're not concerned about your child's development, it's kind of nice to know like what's coming up next or what you could expect to see next. And then there's also a talking tips for talking with your baby to kind of set some of those good foundational skills. So I love that. Well, in closing, I would love for you to share um, an encouragement that you have for moms of either babies, toddlers, wherever they are in the age gap, but an encouragement for moms to where they understand that like speech is not necessarily something that is hard to practice. It can be fun. It can be easy. Like what would you encourage a mom who is feeling pressured to be perfect and maybe the way that they practice things with their kid, but to enjoy the speech with them? Okay. Yeah, sure. So one of the easiest things you can do, and I love this because it takes absolutely zero effort on your part. So if you're on Instagram and you're saying, oh, these people are putting together these like multi-step activities and you need all these materials. First of all, you won't see that on my Instagram. If I post a craft or something, it's like you need three things. I love it. <laughs> but um, one of the easiest things you can do is just talk throughout your day. So even um, people will say, what do I talk to my baby about? But even just talk about what you're doing. Like, oh, we're changing your diaper. Oh, this is wet. Oh, you didn't like that very much. Like these simple things are building their language skills right from the beginning. And then as your child gets older, um, focus on talking about what they're interested in. We all um, learn best when it's something we're interested in. So sometimes I'll see parents pulling away trying to quiz them on what are our letters and numbers when really all they care about is a spider crawling across the sidewalk. So you talking about their interest is going to make that a really valuable experience for your child and they're building vocabulary, which is essential for learning to read. They're going to be um, that much better when they start to learn to read if they have a large vocabulary. And then as your child gets to like preschool years, talking to them about past events, future events, it's going to help them, you know, learn all these different verb tenses and learn to tell stories, another valuable early literacy skill. So um, even if you're just doing that, we say talking is learning. So don't feel that pressure to kind of put together elaborate activities, um, involve them in what you're doing when you can talking to them, um, helps build their vocabulary, which is, which is great. So I love that. That's perfect. Thank you so much for sharing great insight and how can those listening, how can they follow what you're doing? Sure. So my website, as I mentioned before, is wetalkers.com. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at wetalkers. And yeah, in addition to those milestones, I also have um, toys that I recommend by age range. Um, oh, perfect. And a little bit about like play development is on my website as well. So nice. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Carly. I so appreciate you being here and Lauren too. Oh, Becca, you're the sweetest. And I, I really appreciate you um, having me on. And yeah, thanks for all your awesome sleep info on your podcast. I've definitely listened to step, several episodes. We were having issues with that toddler stalling. So that got us in order. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, thanks so much, Becca. You're yes, the best. well, thank you. Wasn't that so good? So much good stuff there with Carly, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more things that she shares with us. You can find in the show notes everything that we mentioned, her developmental milestone chart, and so many more things, how to connect with her, all that good stuff. But you guys, you know I like to keep these episodes under 20 minutes. Well, I think hers was super valuable. So yeah, we went a little over our 20-minute mark, but I think you'll forgive me for that. I'm so thankful that you guys have been here with me in 2018. We are going to jump into a brand new year of podcasts next week. I cannot believe it. It's been such an amazing time spent here with you. I would love to hear your feedback on the podcast. Simply scroll down if you're on iTunes and leave a review. Tell me what you think. But most of all, thank you for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.